0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast Genesis Invitational Round Two Instant Reaction. What a day out at Riviera. And to break it all down with me, I've got none other than Greg Ducharme on the line. Welcome in, Greg. Oh man, what we've had some
1: great action so far out in LA. You were out there, I understand. I How's was the action out there.
0: Oh my God, that place is, it's beautiful. There's so many great sight lines and every direction I turned my head, there was like a top 10 ranked player in the world. So things were awesome. Uh But yeah, we saw, there was not only action, I, I mean, literally throughout the coverage window, past the coverage window. And until like five seconds ago, there is just severe carnage going on at Riviera right now. So let's hop into this, uh, Greg. Matt Kuchar- Avoided a lot of the carnage. He is your 36 hole leader. He's two shots up on Harold Varner and someone you might have heard of, Rory McElroy. Uh, and Kuchar you know, jumps out to a first round 64, follows it up today with another under par round 69. He's been rolling every putt in, but this is like, he, he's just going to keep going. He's just going to keep his head down and keep plugging away.
1: He's he's gained significantly, and I know that you love these these statistics here, but he's gained over seven strokes already uh, putting on the field. And and when you look at his breakdown here, putting is definitely his key. But what I love about Matt Kuchar through these first two rounds, just two bogeys, and the one today on number one is honestly, quite frankly, inexcusable to make a bogey on number one. It's like the it's basically a par four. That's a double that he just, I don't know, he was playing hockey around the greens. It was it was completely uh, out of the ordinary. And aside from that, it, it was honestly, it was so bad that I basically would throw that one away. And so through, through these first 30, we'll call it 35 holes, uh, excluding that one, he's made one bogey. And that's Matt Kuchar golf. And here's the thing that I like about Matt Kuchar this week there's no weather in sight right we're not going to get high winds to pick up we're not going to get rain squalls to come into play and if you look at Matt Kuchar through time all of the high scores that he shoots come on days where like they can almost almost all of them date to bad weather you look at the sony um the sony open this year you look at um you you look at the century tournament of champions he had a couple of high ones in bad weather the open championship last year he shot like a 79 on the final day bad weather popped up. The Waste Management Phoenix Open last year on Sunday. He shot a 76, I believe, and and there was that rain squall and bad weather coming into play. When the weather's good, Matt Kuchar's good.
0: He's definitely a guy to keep your eye on through the weekend. You know when else he's good? Is holding a 36-hole lead or a co-lead. I mean, this is going to be the... I I shouldn't say it's going to be the seventh time. The last six times he's held the lead or the co-lead, he's won two of them. He's finished second, third, fourth and fourth. I mean, he's not going away anytime soon. I realize it is the putter that has gotten him through two rounds, but he's good enough. He is a veteran. He knows, like, go out there, manage the course. He's going to find a way to stay in contention for the next two days.
1: Well, the other thing is, too, you look at his game, the way that his game is formulated. It's about keeping the ball in front of him. It's, It's actually, it's a great front runner style because he's not going to hit the ball and he's not going to make big really big numbers. He did make a mistake on number 1 today. He made a couple mistakes. That that's a such an outlier. It's not going to happen again. So, he's not going to give this tournament away. What he does, he's going to force somebody to come and take it from him. And on a golf course like this, if you can force guys behind you to be aggressive, you're in really good shape because it can punish you in a hurry.
0: Someone that is chasing down or attempting to chase down Matt Kuchar was a little bit difficult to find today, Greg, because he was wearing the official Where's Waldo outfit. Rory McIlroy rocking the uh the blue the blue pants, the red and white striped shirt. I almost couldn't find him out there, but he goes out and shoots a 67 four under par and I, I I've I've run out of superlatives for Rory. Uh, I think he is very clearly the best player in the world. I think that he is proving it to us week in and week out. It it is just like no surprise to see his name near the top of the leaderboard. It's not just the fact that
1: it's Rory. It's not just the fact that he's seven under. It's how he's gone about doing it. And we haven't seen his best stuff. And this is what we saw at Farmers Insurance Open. This is what we're going to see throughout this season when Rory's not at his best. What does he give us? And Rory gives us still right there in contention to win. This is the kind of stuff Tiger used to give us in the 2000s. I mean, you're talking about a guy that yesterday hit 9 of 18 greens. This is Rory McElroy, hit 9 of 18 greens. And today, he hit 4 of 14 fairways. And he's in tied second. So you, you look at what Rory can get out of a round and it's just extremely impressive and he doesn't need his best stuff to win and, and he could very well, I mean, one hot round in this tournament could be over with Rory McIlroy holding the trophy basically tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, Mark, uh, Mark and I kind of mentioned this yesterday. It's a lot of times with Rory, it just feels like that was the worst score he could have carded because he's just giving himself so many opportunities. And when he misses two or three eight footers, which are, you know, 50, 50 shots on the PGA tour, you're just like, wow, that could have been so much better. And he's constantly putting himself in that position. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Rory is going to be around on Sunday. I can almost guarantee it.
1: It's just, it's really good. It's really consistent. It's really steady. And what I like about this too, the putt, the putting so far this week is just, it's, it's good. It's not great. It's not on fire. It's just good. And he's one hot putting round away. He's kind of traded off with the irons and the, and the woods, right? He didn't have a great iron day. Couldn't really get the ball onto the green on Thursday. And that's what hurt him today. He couldn't really get the ball into the fairway. But at the same time, he missed in some pretty good places, was able to get the ball on the green and he's holding his own with his putter. Um So there's no real sign of volatility with the putter. It's something that I think he's going to be able to hold on to. So uh, looking really strong going forward.
0: Unfortunately, we got a little bit of a fade from our tournament host and golfer going for the all-time win record, Tiger Woods, who shoots a 73 today, two over par. His own words were saying basically he's got to go out and make – uh, make some birdies this weekend. You know, Tiger plays to win. Uh, he's currently in a tie for 46. He's not going to be happy with the top 10. So he's hoping his words again to go birdie birdie start tomorrow. It, it's just been with Tiger. I mean, yeah,
1: birdie birdie start is something he could definitely do. Um, and he will need to do very likely. The thing is with Tiger though, it, it's not been the start it's been the finish he hasn't been able to get into the clubhouse i mean uh, on the front nine yesterday he looked like he was going to chase down matt Kuchar and it it looked like I, I looked at it i saw tiger going i saw him chomping away on his gum there he looked so calm he looked so good on the front nine and i'm saying he's chasing him down that this guy is hunting him down It reminded me a little bit of the zozo after making three bogeys on the first three holes, he just kind of hunted down the lead and ends up winning that tournament. I kind of had that same feel for some reason. But the closing stretches in both rounds have not been the same. Today, bogeys at three, four, and six, uh, and no birdies after the first hole, which, again, the first hole is basically a par four. So I look at this two second nines that he's played this week, and I say he's made no birdies. Because to make a four on number one, I mean that's not a that's not a real bird. I mean that's that's basically a par to the, yeah. compared to the rest of the field. So he hasn't made any birdies on his second nines. I don't know what it I, I don't know what it is. I don't have a way to explain it. It's just this golf course seems to be such a challenge for him.
0: Yeah, to your point, Greg, you're not exaggerating on the first hole scoring average. That is a par five that routinely plays slower than a lot of the par fours around Riviera. But the concern for me, especially with Tiger, is he lost two strokes putting today, which we were expecting, hey, he's going to get out early on these POA greens. It's uh, he's going to they're going to be fresh. They're going to be rolling straight. And like we didn't see that.
1: We didn't see that at all. Uh it, I don't know what it is with him at this at this venue. It's such a challenge for him and typically oh. California kids do really well and I'm not calling Tiger a kid, but <laughs> people from California, people who grew up in California typically do pretty well on california greens and Tiger has a great record in California. He does great on po it's not like the surface is something he's unfamiliar with. So I, it's gotta be just the, the layout of the property. It's just a hard golf course for him to see a hard golf course for him to figure out. And you're, you're right about this putting. I mean, the, it just, it let him down today and then some, um, and, and these are things we've never seen from him before. So, uh, it definitely gives me a little bit, of, a little bit of concern for this week. It doesn't give me any real concern going forward because I know that this is just one of those courses I, I think he has a hard time seeing.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of going forward, uh, he will not be teeing it up in Mexico next week, which I think we kind, I got that vibe from him. He was very noncommittal. He, he, we had mentioned previously that he wants to play less. Going and playing in Mexico would not be playing less. It's such a condensed schedule this year that this seems like a logical place for him to take off.
1: So it's a very interesting thing to me. And normally I would say, yeah, it's logical. It makes sense. There's no real reason for him to do it unless it benefits his major championship chances. But the interesting thing about this year is the, the Olympics. And he said that he wants to play on that Olympic team and to skip a World Golf Championship. I mean, I, I was looking at this the other day, getting a, figuring out, just dialing in exactly how the World Golf ranking system works. And basically, over a two-year period, there's a minimum number of tournaments that's called your divisor. So you're, you're ranked on the average number of points you get per week, but you, there's a minimum number of tournaments that you have to play. So Tigers log 33 events. The minimum is 40. So he's built in seven missed cuts. And if he really wants to get on that team, the the way to do it, winning helps. But the other way to do it is you, you play more events that you didn't play the year before. So this would be the time from now until the U.S. Open, play world golf championships, play, add add extra events play the api get your divisor up a little bit and it would help his average if if there were no minimum requirement in the divisor tiger would be fifth in the world he'd be right behind just uh justin thomas and so it it hurts him it hurts him in that i just wonder if that's really a goal of his or if he thinks he's just going to prepare to try to win the masters and that's going to be enough to get him
0: high enough in the world golf rankings. I think that is probably what his mindset is. And speaking of world rankings, you are giving me the perfect segues tonight. Let's go to a guy who uh is kind of dealing with this whole 2-year rolling average thing and it's why his official world golf ranking is dropping as sharply as it is and it's Jordan Spieth. But Jordan Speeth's gonna make the cut this week. He's gonna get, he's gonna get himself a paycheck. He is currently in a tie for 46 at even par. Now, Greg, did you see what he did on, uh, 17 today? The absolute most Speethian thing he could do? Yeah. <laughs> it was Speethian. This is a Speethian move. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, to an extent, I can
1: understand it. It was a little extreme. It, it yeah. was definitely extreme.
0: So here's uh, what he did. Here's what he did for those who didn't see it. Um, the thing I – okay, the thing I love about Jordan Spieth and I love kind of like putting him in my fantasy lineups or like betting him is this guy never stops thinking. He never stops grinding. He gives you – he is like unless he's – like he's always working hard. So on 17 today, it's a par five. He hits his drive up the left-hand side. He actually uh kind of games the system a little bit by intent – appearing to intentionally hit his ball so far left of the grandstand up by the green that he knew he would get a free drop from there and it would be a better angle coming in to the point where he told his caddy Michael Greller hey go up there and keep an eye on this cuz that's where I'm hitting it um is is this okay i mean it's i mean it's it's the rules right
1: it is the rules. It's absolutely okay. I mean, it's not necessarily what you want to see. Uh, there are <laughs> rare cir- he, Look, the thing is he's 313 yards away on that second shot. So there's he has a little bit more. It's not like he's going to hit it on the green. So I understand where he's coming from here. And what it speaks to to me is two things. One, the importance of angles at Riviera, the importance of playing from the right side, the proper side. You'll hear guys say it all week. I missed in the right spots today. And that's going to be what you hear from guys who play really well. You heard it from Rory McIlroy, as a matter of fact. So angles are extremely important at this place. So I understand it from that standpoint. The other thing it speaks to, to me, and you mentioned Rick, he's always on. Uh, yeah, he's, he's always grinding, even in practice rounds, because that means he's looking at the drop zones. During practice rounds, how do you know exactly where it is? How do you know what that angle is to that specific hole location? So it's like it's almost like they had it mapped out in their uh, in their yardage book. They they knew yeah. where the drop zone was, and that was an option that they considered. It it's kind of a difficult thing to 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 reason through. So I, I give them credit for the preparation because it speaks to preparation to me, and I like that. Is it
0: excessive? Well, maybe. <laughs> he, it, it reminds me of like the Houston Rockets when they realized they could like break the NBA by just shooting threes or dunking and getting to the foul line. It's like it's an analytics play, like, right? It's in the rules. You could do this, but like it's not that fun to watch. And like, yeah, all that, yeah stuff. that was the most boring 130 <laughs> points I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Well, what was it's very exciting to watch if you caught it? Adam Scott, who is Kyle Porter's one and done pick and in our email chain said this is a Valentine's Day gift to his wife so that on Sunday he could watch or she could watch Adam Scott raise the trophy. Adam Scott, very good looking guy, very good round of golf today as he goes out and shoots a bogey free seven under round of the day. This is like classic Adam Scott gaining, you know, over five strokes tee to green and making it look good the whole time.
1: Uh yeah, great great looking guy, great looking scorecard, which is much more important to probably to Adam Scott's wife yeah. <laughs> at this point. But uh yeah, Adam Scott's another one of those guys to be that would make a great James Bond. I know we talked about this with Alex Norin. He's a he's a James Bond character on the PGA tour to me. And a stud. Love the pick from Kyle Porter. Uh it's a great venue for him. And I looked into Adam Scott for this week too. The thing that held me back is that I haven't seen a whole lot of him. So you don't know where, where his game is. And a course like this is so risky. You, if your game's just a little bit off, it can look ugly in a hurry. So, uh, but hey, I, I appreciate what Kyle did there. That's a, a gutsy move. Uh, and hey, you know what? If it, if it's good for your wife, I guess it's, it's good for you in some way. This is a kind of an odd case of that.
0: <laughs> happy. Life <laughs> mean. happy. happy, happy. <laughs> um, so what I actually think is interesting is and, – and this is exact, like not to spoil the next segment, but like exactly the type of thing where, that I look for is now through two rounds, Adam Scott has gained 6.7 shots tee to green, and he's still losing basically a quarter of a shot on the greens, which is like – I know he's not no- notoriously a great putter, but that is like the perfect combination of things I look forward to uh, in the next couple of rounds. Yeah, see, that's an interesting one for me because
1: I I, I look for things that are kind of steady. I look for things that are kind of, There's there's no one area of the game that's exceeding any others. Now, if there is going to be one area, ball striking is definitely more uh, repeatable. It's going to last. It's more sustainable, which is the word we, we like to use here. But the thing is with Adam, when it comes to win equity, you're going to have to make some putts on Sunday to win. And if if the putting – is his most it, it, that's his biggest challenge and now he's going to be tested with it likely on Sunday. It gives me a little bit of pause on greens like this, especially with the carnage to use your word Rick. Um we've seen some real carnage on the green which gives me a little bit of concern. So I I like Adam Scott, but I I don't like him as much as Rory McIlroy or Matt Kuchar. Obviously, they're I mean, they're for more reasons than just the fact that they're beating him. It's just kind of that makeup in his uh, statistics and the makeup of his game.
0: The carnage that you're referring to, we'll talk about in a second. We saw a little bit of it from Bryson DeChambeau. He actually started on the back. He ended up bogeying eight and nine, which were his final two holes today. But he still signs for a 70. He is still in a tie for 11th for under. And, Greg, he is still dropping bombs, averaging 319 yards off the tee, which is sixth in the field this week. This is something – it's a great sign for
1: Bryson. I mean, he said in an interview, I heard him say, hey, it's kind of like – a little bit more like Bryson of old. Uh, we've seen four bogeys from him on the week, and round one he only made one bogey, which is great. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of positives to look at from Bryson DeChambeau right now, and I, I'm I'm still in the state where I'm giving him a lot of time because I want to see how he adjusts, and I'm not going to be too early. I'm not. I almost give him a pass this year to see what happens and how he adjusts. I'm not going to judge him too positively or too negatively. Uh, unless we start seeing play like this continue for for a long time to come, but if I'm a better for the weekend, I'm still not in a position where I'm I'm playing Bryson DeChambeau this weekend.
0: One of the most colorful scorecards of the day goes to the number two player in the world, Brooks Kepka. If I'm doing my math right, I'm seeing six birdies, six pars, four bogeys, and two doubles. Uh, a lot of that coming on the green. I think he three putted, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he had three, three putts from like inside five feet in this yeah,
1: round? No, you're absolutely right. It was a little bit of a tough day on the greens for Brooks Kepka. and tough for everybody, right? This is the yep. carnage that we mentioned. So, uh, and, and with Brooks, this is the difficult thing. I mean, he didn't drive it very well at all in round one. Uh, and and so the ball striking, as he said, too, was kind of disappointing for him. And I know that he went out, uh, he likely went out to the range and hit some shots and kind of worked out that ball striking. And then the putting let him down. And and that's the area of his game, too, where you worry about him. If there's a hole in Brooks's game, it's putting, as long as we're not talking about a major championship. He can struggle a little bit. So you get greens like this, and all of a sudden it can get frustrating. But you're right. I mean, look at the scorecard. The scorecard is an absolute rainbow. So, <laughs> But it's exciting to see Brooks make the cut. It's exciting to see him over the weekend. I was kind of hoping he'd be a little bit more in contention, because this, this has a feel of a major championship. And I want to start seeing Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy duels down the stretch doesn't look like we're going to see it today I mean losing losing over two strokes putting is is really tough hitting two fairways is also really tough Uh, and then only nine greens I mean that's it's just not a very good day for him it's just getting it out of position you know he's not hitting it well and like I said he went to the range to work it out I don't think he worked it out too much Uh, yeah so that's the other thing with the it's just it's frustrating for him he needs to be When he's focused, he's really good. When he gets a little bit out
0: of it, sometimes it, it looks like it can be a challenge for him. I at least like the fact that he made six birdies today. I'm trying to find some positives to to cling on to. Yeah. Hold, hold, tighten up the rest of that game. But I think it is a good transition into some of this carnage because a lot of it was in a similar fashion. It was short putts. It was these late afternoon greens that were jumping up and biting everybody, specifically Bubba Watson, who, one of the most popular uh, DraftKings players, one of the most popular one-and-done picks, your one-and-done pick for this week. Uh... He looked like he was trying to give it away on 15 when he made double and then he makes, uh, birdie on 16, gets it right back and then misses what, a three or four footer on 18 to, uh, pack his bags and go home.
1: Yeah, And this is the challenge. Like I was kind of just saying with Brooks, like if, if he's not fully engaged, Bubba's one of the best when it comes, when he, when he really gets under the gun yep. and he's really under the pressure. He's one of the best that I've ever seen. Uh, And I mean that it just doesn't happen very frequently. Like Bubba's record when he's near the top of the leaderboard is insane. He's not a guy that's going to come in the top 10 a lot, but he's going to win a lot. And it's this strange thing. It's like his focus can shift into a new gear when he's in contention and has a chance to win. It's like, he's a shark who smells blood and he just knows how to do it when it goes the other way. And he's not really in contention to win. And the difference is, Making the cut on the number or going home, Bubba seems. It it almost seems sometimes like he's okay going home. I don't want to say he quits. It just it's like he's not engaged in the same way mentally. And that's how you see a short putt miss like that. On that's how you see the double on 15. It's like I'm only one under par. The leaders are at nine. I'm not. I'm not coming back. And now what am I doing out here? And it, it it just that thought has to just come in for a split second. And all of a sudden you make a double on the fifteenth hole.
0: Well so, we kinda I mean, we kind of joked about that, where it's like you'll know if Bubba's gonna have a good week early in the week. Like you'll know if he gets Thursday. out to a good start. Yeah, you know. Um for that same reason that you're that you're kind of alluding to, which is just like I think I do agree. I think sometimes he just kind of checks checks out and goes home. Yeah, so it was disappointing
1: for me, especially. And this is Bubba has been in my strategy. My strategy and <laughs> one and done has been. Go with the easy picks, cruise along here, and I hadn't missed a cut yet. I've had some, I've been doing pretty well, and Bubba comes up, and this is like the easiest one, the most obvious one, and he bites me.
0: It was. You weren't the only one. He was one of the most popular, uh, one and done picks around the industry. Uh, a, another disappointing result here, Phil Mickelson. I mean, uh, the, the short game that had carried him over the past couple of weeks lets him down this week. I mean, the, the stats are, are terrible. Uh, he lost 1.3 off the tee, one, one and a half on approach, 1.7 around the green. That's never gonna get it done over the course of two rounds. And Phil is going to finish, uh, four over par after not carding, uh, either round. Under today, uh this week. Yeah, it's just.
1: I mean, this is a brutal test for Phil. I mean, I, I mean, I could have told you beforehand. I think we talked about it on Tuesday. Not a good course for Phil. No. Uh, not especially right now. And and the magic we saw at Pebble Beach is talent for sure. It's definitely Phil's talent, but it's not something that you can sustain over time. And it's not something that's going to carry over round around round round. So that's the, that's the challenge. And he's got very little else to kind of hang his hat on other than hitting bombs. And this is the other thing about the hitting bombs for Phil. It's not like him hitting bombs is like Bryson hitting bombs where he's going to be past everybody in the field. It, his hitting bombs is to kind of keep up with some of these younger guys. And that's a real challenge. It, it costs him and doesn't really give him an edge. So I, It doesn't
0: doesn't matter if you hit bombs, if you can't find your ball like that, like hard stop. I, I, I love the social media, Phil. I love the bombs, but like his game's not good. It's not good right now. Nope. Um, Someone else who's, I think we have to spend a minute on this because this is continuing to be one of kind of the most shocking things around golf to me is if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the leaderboard, I'm talking literally 118th eight over par or I guess he's now in a tie for 117th, Francesco Molinari. And this is now a sustained, just terrible run of golf from a guy who was, I mean, you, you could have picked him to win any tournament, what, 12 months ago? Maybe not even? Yeah,
1: I would say uh up until probably Masters last
0: year. Yeah. After Masters last year, it
1: really got away from him. And this is an interesting case here for me um one reason is he changed equipment so after 2018 when he went on that ridiculous run i mean 5 and 0 at the Ryder Cup won the open won a couple of other I, the BMW PGA at Wentworth he won he, he won i think the Italian Open as well he he went on this crazy run yeah. uh, and it was some of the best play we've seen and and he becomes this kind of a star like francesco molinari was a star in the game of golf and ever since the Masters, where he came and tied fifth, the 74 on Sunday. I mean, he really should have won that tournament. He didn't miss yep. a shot until number 12 on Sunday. And all of a sudden, the play just kind of goes away. It, it, it goes away. He did all right in the majors, tied 16th at the U.S. Open, tied 11th at the Open, but nothing else. And it's just continued. And from a statistic standpoint, on the year, this year and last year, I mean, we're not even seeing the ball striking that we, that we normally see. 174th this year, strokes gained T to green for Francesco Molinari. So something has lost him. And I don't, I I wonder if it's that equipment change. We've seen it with uh, Justin Rose changed equipment among other things. And he fell from number one or two in the world to number 10. Uh, It was a long fall for him in history. We've seen it a number of times. We've seen a couple other players earlier this year. Ches Reeve made an equipment change. His game has kind of suffered a little bit. Jason Kokrak made an equipment change. His game has suffered a little bit. It's a hard thing to overcome. And I just, I look at these guys near the top of the world golf rankings. You have Brooks Kepka, Rory McElroy, who has overcome some equipment changes, but he's never really changed his swing. You got John Rahm and Xander Shoffley. These guys haven't changed a thing, it seems. Um, their coaches are the same. They 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 just they change very little, and they have sustained continued success. So uh, change is a is a hard thing for a professional golfer, unless you're basically a Rory McIlroy who's changed his equipment a couple times, Tiger Woods who's changed his swing and his equipment a couple times. I mean, people other than that don't generally do very well.
0: Yeah, this is a storyline that I am very intrigued to see how it plays out uh, over the course of the rest of 2020. Greg, I want to get to our one and done and look ahead to the week. But before we do that, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.
0: All right, Greg, uh, we have recapped round two. Let's look ahead to round three. I, I kind of already mentioned, you know, outside of someone like Rory, who I love in every possible situation, uh, you know, someone like an Adam Scott, who is gaining so many strokes tee to green, still losing putting. I mean, Bryson's right behind him. Bryson's gaining almost six and three quarters strokes tee to green, losing a, stro- a shot and a half on the greens. These are the types of profiles of guys that I would look to be making a charge over the next day or two.
1: You're thinking some of these guys are going to have a, a hot putting day one of these days,
0: or a neutral uh, putting day, or just an average putting day,
1: right? And and they're going to make a run up there. I mean, Adam Scott is a guy who could do it. I have my concerns with him because I think the pressure is going to rise on the putter, and I don't really I don't really like Adam Scott's chances. Wyndham Clark's a guy who can putt it well, and he's put himself in this position the past couple of weeks with really good uh, 36 hole positions. I mean, we've definitely talked about him. Feels like the last three weeks, Rick, and yep. I, I just I, I have a little bit of concern with him because he's an inaccurate driver of the ball at times, and that could punish him like it did last week. The, uh, although he is a good putter, so his name has a tendency of popping out to me. Um, but look at John—I mean, John Rahm just sneaking his way in there. I know yeah. he's only at four under, but that's not a guy to forget about. You can't turn your head on him. He's only three shots back, a second. And if Matt Kuchar falls back to the field, because I, I do believe Matt Kucher is firmly in control of this tournament and really can control the destiny here and has the game to do it. If he falls back by you know an unlikely circumstance, but a possible circumstance, I, I don't look past John Rock. He just
0: continues to put himself right there in the mix. I'll give you one for tomorrow specifically, because now we are getting the reshuffle. Uh, Xander... Has is fifth in the field in Strokes gained T to green, and I I wanna say he's dead last in putting? Second. Uh second worst in the field in putting. He's gonna get to go out early tomorrow on those nice uh nice smooth Poa greens and see if he can turn this around. So I mean I yeah, the the late guys, Couture, Rory, uh, they're gonna have to deal with those afternoon conditions, but Xander's gonna get out early. So fingers crossed for What about him. Brooks?
1: Do you think Brooks can have a, a little bit of a rebound, or are you worried about the way he's hitting it?
0: Uh, I mean, he's going to make enough birdies too. He's just got to tighten everything else up, right? I mean, if he goes out and makes yeah. six more birdies tomorrow, <laughs> he can't offset it with two doubles and three more bogeys. Yeah, you're, you're. I mean, those two guys right there, Brooks
1: Kepka and Xander Shoffley, I mean, it's hard to leave Tiger Woods out, although I know it's history here. I, I think those kind of guys could go out there and shoot six, seven under par and be, you know, within within five shots of the lead for sure come Sunday.
0: Quick one and done update. Uh you Greg and Michael Kaiser are going to be the only two who are not going to get any cash for this week. Unfortunately with that Bubba Watson pick, uh myself and Mark Immelman with uh Patrick Cantlay, we're still alive. Producer Jacob still riding his Dustin Johnson pick at the moment, but Kyle Porter through two rounds with uh, the lead i guess that you would call it here with adam scott how how would you uh, i can kind of rub your nose in this cuz i'm so far behind you at the moment i'll take my one opportunity uh, yeah. how would you assess this uh this board from the outside looking in this week so
1: definitely on the outside looking in and happy to do it i would pick bubba again if i could i mean <laughs> it, it, i i don't miss him so you know what i'm going to miss a cut at some point during the year the streak's over i'm not too upset Kyle Porter, I give him so much credit. I mean, you, you look at what he did last week with Max Homa. I mean, he picked Max Homa in a one-and-done And he showed up. So that was great. And I think Adam Scott's going to show up again, too. The only thing that gives me concern is Adam Scott shot a great round today. And, again, this is back to, like, we we punish golfers who just played great. We punish (laughs) golfers who just uh, just won won. the week before. (laughs) Right. Right. That's what we do, Uh, which doesn't make very much sense, I guess. But it's almost like that round isn't going to happen again. And if guys start to get after it a little bit tomorrow and that lead stretches, if Kucher goes out and shoots three under par again, Do you see a, do you see Adam Scott kind of shooting in the, in the mid sixties? I don't know. I don't know if he can do that again after the sixty four today. So, but anything under par for Adam Scott will be great. I I think he's got a a real good chance and Patrick Cantlay. um, Make a putt, dude. Make a putt. Make a putt. It's a great pick. Make a putt, dude. Cantlay was a great pick this week, but he's, he's almost like so, he's, I, I mean, how can I say that? Xander and Brooks can get themselves back in the mix at even, and Patrick Cantlay can't. It, it just doesn't feel like he's going to make a charge, and that's purely a hunch.
0: Patrick Cantlay, I watched him routinely miss, like, five-footers by, like, 12 inches today, which is, like, almost impossible to do. Wasn't and
1: he's cool. a good putter. I mean, he's a pretty good putter, too. He's not, like – he's not one of those guys that just – like uh Hideki Matsuyama. He, I mean, he's a good putter.
0: Uh, all right, Greg. That was fun. Um, It's Valentine's Day. If we're your sweethearts, uh, do us a favor. Go drop a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this. Show a little love. And uh, we're going to be back every single round uh, to do the the instant recap and the review. I've been joined today by Greg Ducharme. You can get him on Twitter. It is at TheRealGFD. I'm Rick Gaiman. You can get me on Twitter. It's at RickRungood. And we'll see you next time.